So the federal sweepstakes getting that phone call from Brian Anderson and myself, um, were you surprised or is it something that you are always looking to jump into and, and, and have that cross promotion and that co-branding with other, you know, national brands such as federal premium or the Benelli's or the real trees. Give me just a little bit of insight on your marketing, Tyler, and, 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 and the way you, you go about that when you get an opportunity like we just experienced. Yeah, I mean, I think that's just it's part of good marketing, good branding is to find like minded partners like Federal, Benelli, those guys, you know, they play in the same space that we do. And so it makes sense for us to combine forces and talk about our products in a good way together. And did you have any hiccups at all getting involved as far as on the level that you did? I mean, Traeger came into this deal with, in a big way with the grand prize winner receiving a Timberline 850, his partner, his his guest getting a grill, the second, third, fourth, and fifth place finishers all getting grills. Um, as far as a national marketing campaign went, it went off very well. 19,000 entries. What does Traeger look like? Um, what, what do they look for in something like that? Do they, do they have to be guaranteed a certain amount of impressions? Or do you just like that organic feel that duck hunters and hunters alike are getting involved all over the country? For me, it's all about that organic. You know, I, I don't really care too much about the impressions, but I love having our brand getting from new audiences and new communities. And obviously their consumers uh, definitely have an interest in cooking. And I think we'd be interested they'd be interested in at least seeing our products in there so for me it was purely about hey here's an opportunity to get our brand in front of a wider audience and with people and brands that we enjoy being with and you you tell me when you get the opportunity that you automatically invite our man sitting next to you yamar talk to me a little bit about your friendship with yamar i know that you pronounce it different but i love saying it. <laughs> you know i'm just messing with you but yamar your position at traeger is director of marketing over all of the the marketing aspects as far as outdoors barbecue um tell me a little bit about what you're doing for the brand yeah so i've worked with with tyler obviously but then i work with a lady by the name of alicia she oversees all our culinary marketing so she does what tyler does but in the out in the culinary space so working with chefs food bloggers and so forth so you have tyler on the outdoors Alicia on the culinary, and then Chad Ward heads up the the, co the competitive and barbecue yep. side of things. So are those the three main segments of Traeger marketing? Yep. Those are the three categories that we focus on primarily. What else is there that you could? Is there another category out there that you could potentially be, be you know, putting your efforts and your focus on? Or is that the three main ones in America right now where you're going to see your barbecue enthusiasts? That's where the three segments that we've identified that we're focusing on. Obviously, there's fringe and there's overlap between them. I mean, there's a lot of people that are into hunting. They're into barbecue as well. Same thing in the culinary space. Like, you've got a lot more people now that are into, like, harvesting and growing their own foods and cooking it. So we work with a broad spectrum of people, but... Right now, those are the three core segments that we focus on. And as the marketing guys, and I know you both love the product that you guys are marketing and the, the chemistry and culture around Traeger at the headquarters and what you guys do on the road is unlike any, I mean, it's unprecedented. I haven't seen anything like this ever in the space that I'm in as far as your guys' aggressiveness, the moves you guys make, the, the people that you involve from a celebrity status all the way down to a soccer mom. Everybody is getting into this Traeger culture, it seems. And when you guys come to an event like this, Tyler, and you see the Traegers out there, and I want you to talk about the barbecue team that came in here. I mean, these guys were awesome from Minnesota. They've actually won the, the, the Royal in Kansas City. Chad Ward um, introduced myself to them and then brought them in here to be the, the, the cooks for the last two nights here at the Federal Sweepstakes Hunt. 
where you do you look at that and just be like, man, look at what's going on. Not only do we have the grill, we have a relationship with Snake River, and then we have these guys on our team that are actually here providing this this food and these meals. And they not only did the 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 brisket and the ribs and the tri tip and the pork loin, but they also did mallard ducks and pheasants. Just what what, what was going through your mind when you saw everything just coming together the last seventy two hours? No, I was just really excited, man. It turned out really good. We had the, you know, the team that came down is Chicken and Grinning. They're based out of Delano, Minnesota, and they said they've won chicken category, I believe it was, at the Royal a few years back, and they compete nationally all over the country. I think on, they're almost on the road every month doing these competitions. Um, and I always just like it. It's, it's just fun, one extra thing to bring in somebody like that, that caliber that can come in and just wow people with the food experience. I mean, the food here is obviously incredible on its own, but... Uh, it's always fun to see like a true pit master do their work and you know, they tried some wild game that's not what they usually cook either and that turned out delicious too you know they were just kind of experimenting because they wanted to cook it for themselves and it turned out really good and you coming into the space as far as you're as far as your hunting experience i would say that you're probably an archer backcountry kind of guy right now you you live the lifestyle yay more of of backpacking snowshoeing skiing snowboarding maybe a little rock climbing you know you live in salt lake city where that's very mountainous there a lot of opportunity for that lifestyle you come into this space and now you got a shotgun in your hand you're laying in a ground blind waiting for mallard ducks and canada geese 20 dozen decoys maybe 15 dozen decoys out in front of you and then you're walking behind a flushing lab or a pointer waiting for those guys those dogs to get you on some rooster pheasants what, was it just exciting for you to see like everything that was happening all at once with the nightlife as well as the hunts and just tell me a little bit what how you felt the last few days yeah i think it's it's super cool because you get you truly get the full experience i mean it's one thing to lay there in the blind and you see the ducks come in but what i'm really excited about is like going from like 4 a.m when you get up hauling out some decoys learning a bit about how you set up and why and putting all that effort in so when you're laying in the blind it's kind of like a bit fruit of your labor as well as as the guides that are helping you out but awesome awesome experience i mean it's it's unreal it's like very different country obviously from utah like big 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 fields and tons of birds i mean we get good birds in utah but i've never seen anything like like we've had the past couple of days and what are you feeling? Is it are you guys giddy when when that, that amount of mallards gets over the top and you see them interested and you hear the calling and you hear the wing beats and the what they call the whistling wings and you see the feet come down and you know they're getting ready to finish in that decoy spread? It's there's a lot of different formats to hunting and you know you have elk bugle, you have a stock on a mule deer, you have um, you know there's quail hunting, there's pheasant hunting, there's turkey hunting, there's is something about those mallard ducks though when they start doing right the power when you're underneath them like that and then you're you're literally sitting in their home and they're coming to visit their home that they were in the day before and you scouted them and you know that they're supposed to come there. And when it pays off and they do what were you feeling, Tyler, is when they're underneath you? I know you've oh, been on some duck hunts. But. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, I've been on a lot of duck hunts, but I've had, this is my first lay down blind experience, first field hunt. I'm, it was kind of strange not having waders on and slugging through the marsh and stuff. But um, it, one of the coolest things is just laying there and you see hundreds of them coming overhead and they're just kind of hanging out, circling around, checking. And you're just like, OK, when are you guys coming in? And then when they start working those decoys and you, your heart just goes. We were talking about this yesterday. We had a bunch of geese coming in and. I'd never seen something like this. I mean, they were like fighter jets, just tweaking 90 degrees back and forth, like super quick as they're coming in. And then we all popped up and dropped four of them right away. And 
it, it's a crazy experience. Yeah, they call that maple leafing up in Canada when the leaves fall off the trees. Mm-hmm. And, you know, their hockey team's named after that. But when the leaves fall, they do that kind of dangle through the, the air before they hit the ground. Oh, it was nuts. So you see those ducks and geese up there, and they start to maple leaf and snow. I've seen geese turn all the way upside down and fly upside down with their head contorted. Snow geese do it all the time. I mean, the acrobat, the aerial acrobatics that these birds and the contortionists that they are, it's truly amazing to see what they can do. And then to slow down and let the air out like that and get their wing, you know, their wings underneath them and their feet down when they're, you know, that last approach. Isn't that beautiful when they're just kind of flop, flapping there looking for a place to land? Oh, yeah. You almost get caught up into it. All of a sudden, then you they call the shoot and you're like, okay, I got to actually get back in the game. <laughs> what about the winners of this deal? What about Dale and Chandler? You, they had a blast. I, mean, I, I hope they had a blast, man. I mean, this is, like I say, a super unique experience. And, you know, obviously they're from what? Were they Alabama? Alabama yeah. I mean, you, you don't get that kind of hunting like that down there very often either. And so it, I bet they had time their lives. They did. They, I, I know they shot birds, so. Yeah, they had a great duck hunt. They killed some Canada geese yesterday, pheasants both days. I mean, they left here today just going, you know, what, what are we going to do now? You know, how do we top that? They got so spoiled. Yeah, you do. And they, when you see the father and son, you know, when they're in that moment, you know, where they're experiencing that, you got to like step back and go, man, that's, that's really what this lifestyle is all about. And you, you compare it to what you guys are branding. It's kind of the same thing to where I've always thought that Traeger's doing a very good job of getting people back together, that backdoor experience again, that ambiance, that feeling that, hey, we're providing for our family. The mom can go out and turn on an 850 or a Pro 34 and throw a pizza on the Traeger, or she can cook something gourmet on the Traeger for her family. And the husband can call her and say, hey, flip on the Traeger real quick onto smoke and do this. And and he might have had some ribs, you know, on the, with the dry rub sitting there the last couple hours ready to go on the Traeger. But to me, the lifestyle is more than just the taste of the food that you're getting. I truly feel that the Traeger culture is so comparable to the duck hunting or the hunting camp culture and i that's why i see it um, evolving into each other so easily would you guys agree to that that it's that back that backyard in america now and now you guys are reaching out internationally but that american backyard is full of people that are actually able to go man i did that that's my recipe i made that food taste like that 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 traeger helped me do this and it's just the the brand is exploding in my opinion because of that is that is that fair to say 100%. I mean, our brand ethos is bringing people together and bringing people together over good food. And you're absolutely right. Like here, you've got people from Minnesota, like from down south. We're coming out. People from all over the states coming together to hunt together. And then at night, we enjoy the the fruit of that labor. And it turns out pretty tasty, too. So it's a nice bonus. Do you cook on a Traeger bunch, Tyler? Oh, yeah, all the time. What's your favorite? Uh, Man, it depends. We probably use that thing four or five nights a week, some, some weeks. And, uh, we cook everything from ribs. I love doing pizzas on it. I do, uh, I do some baking stuff on it. Like I made, we did a big chili, uh, chili party with our friends a couple weekends ago. And I made some cornbread on it. Like, I just love the fact that I can just do whatever I want. I'll, I'll probably use, I use it more than the oven. My wife even starts using it too now. She loves it. So we do whatever, <laughs> whatever we're feeling. What would you say would be a fair assessment of where a brand like Traeger goes next. And I don't know if you can let anything out of the bag. I I really don't know a lot of what's coming. I know some of it, but it's almost like those guys from Alabama, they come here and they see mallard ducks like that and geese like that and pheasants like that and dogs and cooking and food and camaraderie and nightlife and Dean James Jr. playing the guitar, which we're going to get to in a second. 
Where do you go from here as a brand when you guys have already executed like this pretty much flawlessly over the last three years? Right now is where I've really seen some insane marketing, um, you know, presence out there. And I know the, the brand's been around a lot longer than that, but there really has been a foothold taken by Traeger, in my opinion, in the last three years, maybe five years. Is it something to where you guys are always trying to use the word innovation to keep going with product? Is it marketing? Is it trying to reach a new audience with the same products that you have in your arsenal and in your offering right now? Amar, talk to me just a little bit about like your mindset as a marketing guy and a marketing guru when it comes to, we've already done all this, but we still need to increase profits. We still need to increase revenue streams. We need to figure out a way to get our board of directors a better, a stronger ROI. There's all of that going on within the, the walls of those executive officers in that boardroom. Where, where do you go from here? I mean, the, the big opportunity we still have is educating consumers on the benefits of cooking on a Traeger. So even though we've done a great job in, in the outdoor space, there's a large portion of of consumers that are completely unaware of how a wood pellet grill works and the benefits, like the like the versatility of, of cooking on a Traeger. So I think that's, at the end of the day, that's our biggest opportunity is just sharing that gospel with more consumers. And when you say more consumers, is it safe to say that everybody is a potential barbecue consumer in the world, right? I mean, everybody has the potential to have a barbecue or some kind of cooking device in their backyard outside of their kitchen. So like the, 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 the potentials there, it's the ability to go tell that story and create that culture. And I think that that's where I was going with it is that, man, I don't think it's almost a no brainer to have one. Now it's people see him and they're like, I'm getting one that, that, that tasted amazing. That was so simple. And it's, it, it would be something to where a lot of people might want that, man, this took me all day. You know, I, I was, this took me from, I got up at 6 a.m. And some of these recipes do, if you want to cook a good brisket, you're going to have to give yourself at least nine. And some of these are up to 17, 18 hours. Some of your pros cook a brisket on pork butts, maybe nine, 10, 12 hours. You got to get up early. You got to rub it. You got to get the fat and the crowns and everything perfect. You got to make sure that you, it's an organizational deal. I get that. But as far as the, the overall taste, I'll be straight up. You take a brisket and you throw on some prime rib rub with a little bit of coffee on the top of it, coffee Traeger rub, and you put it on there and you cook it, you know, according to temperature and use your thermopin of internal temp, wrap it at the right time, put it in a cooler to let it cook off itself. It's really not that hard. And that's where I see this is that you're taking the guesswork out of it, but you're still giving a guy like me the ability to go, yep, I did that. I got a lot of pride in saying that I just did that for my family and my cul-de-sac for this block party. I can't take credit for the recipes, but I did that. That came off of my grill. And that's important to men and women across this country that want that kind of that, you know, that feeling of they did something. Yeah, I mean, the, the fact that you get such consistent results make, makes you a very confident cook. So I think you hit it, hit the nail on the head in that well, with the Traeger, you get the confidence to cook for larger groups of people because you know that you know, if I cook such and such thing for two hours, it's going to turn out the way it did last time. And, and that's a pretty awesome feeling because I, I sure for one, like before I started cooking on a Traeger, would not like, like especially cooking wild game, because I think for, for especially cooking wild game for people that are not used to eating wild game, I really want to make sure that it, they have a great experience because I think it's part of like, at least as, as it relates to my friends, educating them on hunting and like what we do in terms of not only what we do in the field, but also when we come home. 
and the Traeger just gives me that confidence to cook big elk roast, for example, and serve it up to people that might not necessarily be fond, fond of hunting, and they walk away with a really, really good experience. That's it's well said, and I think that when you apply it to wild game, Tyler, the, the lifestyle that we live and the, what we just experienced here at Prairie Sky up in, in South Dakota, North Dakota, is there a better way to be as a man than to be a, a provider? And I don't, I'm not saying that there's anybody lesser. I'm not trying to put anybody on a pedestal or there's a ranking here. I'm just simply asking, is there a better lifestyle? There could be, there might not be, than being a provider of going out and doing what we did and the compassion we have for the animals that we chase and pursue and harvest, the fair chase that they provide us, the, the, the adrenaline rush that they provide us, that chase, it's all legal, it's ethical, it's morally correct. And when you do harvest it, and now the butchering and the processing comes in, and now the recipes and the rubs and the sauces and the smokes and the pellets and the grills, and, and, and then the opening that lid and seeing it and taking it off and cutting it with that blade and seeing that medium rare state and seeing the people in the, in, at the table going, are you kidding me? Who cooked this duck? Who cooked this pheasant? Who cooked this elk roast? I heard it a hundred times last night. What is, this isn't duck. This isn't, there's no way that's duck, right? That isn't, is there any better feeling in the world than being a provider? I mean, it's pretty awesome. I mean, I think that's, for me, it's just neat to know that I can go out and do that. Should I do that? The, on the other side of things too, you know, I feel like a lot of people don't understand what actually goes into their food. You know, you can go to the grocery store and you buy a steak, but do you know what that farmer did to raise that? Do you even know where it was farmed? You know, there's something to be said about being able to go out there by yourself and know where your food came from, be able to process it from start to finish yourself, and then share that experience with people, I think is pretty amazing. What is your favorite thing to hunt right now that you would apply to that question I asked, right, you know, preceding that one, to hunt, butcher, process, and put on the Traeger? What would be your go-to right now? Ooh, that's a tough one. Uh, I, I definitely consider myself more of a bird hunter. It's a little easier on the time than some of the full deers, but uh, I got a nice buck muzzle loading a couple, well, almost a month ago now for the Utah season. Um, and just being able to do that myself was pretty, pretty awesome. Um, you know, obviously deer and stuff like that give you a little bit more opportunity to bring more meat home, but duck and pheasant, turkey, I love turkey hunting and turkey's really good eating too, so. And as far as this hunt goes up here, I just want to ask a couple general questions about what you guys were feeling because we're friends. We've become friends over the last two years, us, three years with us, Tyler, the last year with us, Amar. And I'm just going to ask you both some quick questions. I want you both to answer them in one sentences about this experience we just had, maybe two sentences. The Super Black Eagle 3 by Benelli. It, we, nobody, it's not a secret that Benelli has a great reputation. They, their slogan is simply perfect. Their reliability, that's what they've been building on. they got the trust of hunters all over the world. I use them nonstop, day in and day out. You had never shot a Super Black Eagle 3, and you came up to me this morning after that last pheasant hunt and were saying some things that I was like, wow, you know, Benelli really is that special. What were you feeling with that Benelli? I mean, I'll say this. The, the one thing I was worrying about coming out here was my shotgunning ability. I could shoot rifles pretty darn well, bow the same thing, but shotgun has not been a strength of mine. And uh, in short, that, that gun gave me incredible confidence and incredible results like hands down i was blown away what do you think of it tyler oh I, i've been a fan for a while i bought the sb3 last season right before we went to iowa together and i, I think that gun just shoulders better than any gun i've ever had it's just lightweight it's balanced your two points reliable you know it was 
gosh, I don't even know how cold it was. It was frigid the last couple of days, and that thing sat in the blind, shot every time, shot straight, no jams, nothing, just flawless. And what about Dean James Jr.? What you what you guys think of his music game? Or what when he's up there jamming with the guitar and his vocals? And I saw you paying attention. Like, what were you thinking on that? His is I don't know music terminology that well, but like his spectrum uh, and his voice and his guitar skills just unreal. And then when you add add in like his background and the story, it took it to the next level. Well said. What'd you think of him? He's incredible. I mean, the story is one portion of it, but to Yalmar's point, I mean, we were just yelling out songs for him and he was playing everything. I think he played some R. Kelly last night. He did some ACDC, he did some classic country. I mean, the, the fact that he can cross over to all those genres and time periods of music is it, pretty insane. He puts his twist on it all and it, it, he's just talented. Do you guys look at somebody like him with his story and his background and seeing the look on his face is that... I think it's easy to make an assumption in a, in a human's mind of, man, that guy's got it all. He's blessed. I wish I could play the guitar like that. Why can't I sing like that? Man, who, who has that? Who has the ability like that? I wish I'm so jealous of him, envious. But, and then he looks at our lifestyle, and he got to shoot pheasants for the first time yesterday, and he's like, I've never had that much fun in my life. I've never, what, how have I been missing this? I used to be in a motorcycle gang, and I got out because I didn't want to do it anymore, and I needed a hobby. And do, I'm a hunter now. He goes, I've never, ever felt like that. That bird jumped up and flushed, and that dog was there, and I shot it, and the dog brought it back to me. And he goes, and now I just ate it. He goes, Chad, I go, he goes, I'm sold. So my point is, is that outside looking in, we all think that the grass is greener on the other side, and that guy that's got the green grass is looking at us go, man, your guys' grass is way greener than mine. He's, he, he has the guitar skills. We got the shotgun skills. They all came together this week, and we all got to be rock stars together. And that's what hunting camp does. And I've always stressed that is it's all these different walks of life. That kid grew up in the ghetto. He's 28, 29 years old. And he just bought his mom the first house that she's ever owned. Got his mom out of the ghetto off of welfare and government assistance with his three sisters. Everybody goes through ups and downs in life and trials and tribulations. And he's not afraid to tell his story and how music got him out of that and gave him a voice and gave him the ability to meet people like Kid Rock and Jamie Johnson and Roundy Hauser and, and us and, and, and people in the hunting industry now and Traeger. And now he feels like he's part of all these teams and that common denominator of ducks, geese, deer, elk, cougars. I don't care what you're chasing. You get to hunting camp doors open memories are made stories are told smiles are had high fives are given drinks are had around a campfire feet are kicked up it's not all about that kill and that harvest and the pulling of the trigger that's a big part of it i love that part but to know that that guy came into this with that talent and he plays with all of those people i just named and robert randolph and all these stud musicians and, and goes on tour with them in the studio with them and he has the audacity to say that our lifestyle is better than his Think about that for a second of what, how blessed we are to be alive and be at a hunting camp continuously in this country and what it does for the soul and what it just did for his soul. I mean, that's how I looked at it. Like, holy smokes, dude, I want to be up there doing what you're doing. In reality, you want to be doing what I'm doing. And that's why hunting's so special. That's what it does is it takes the celebrity out of everything. It brings everybody to their knees. 
It makes you look up at the sky and just literally want to thank Mother Nature and the good Lord up above that we're blessed and not entitled to do this. And that's why the relationship between myself and you two and Traeger and Denny and everybody in the corporate office, as well as the guys that I've met on the outside from DivaQ to Chad Ward to Matt Pittman to Benny Kendrick to guys that Benny's story. And what Traeger's done for freaking Benny, if you guys haven't heard about Benny Kendrick and Kendrick Barbecue, Google him, follow him on Instagram, listen to his story and about where his mind was before his Traeger lifestyle came into effect. If you, if you, it's not dramatic. It's not building too much into something that wasn't there. It's the freaking facts. Hunting camp makes people come alive. Traeger makes people come alive. And that's why that bond can never be broken now. That's why people see that chemistry and that glue and that consistency and that storytelling. And that's why Dean James is going to go back and say, I'm all about hunting and I'm all about Traeger. And here's some songs and lyrics to prove it. And he might never mention hunting and Traeger in a song, but everything that comes out of that kid's voice from now on is going to be because of the passion that was brewed this last three days in this hunting camp and that continues to be brutal hunting and fishing camps all over the world. Is that fair to say? little feedback on that Tyler no man you just nailed it spot on I can't top that that's that's it you're very eloquent (laughs) eloquent I'm not trying to be eloquent it's like when you guys hear things like goodbyes suck and saying bye is terrible and on the flip side of that you're like when's the next one and when's the next class going to be raised? And when's the t- next toast going to be made? And when's the next hug going to be given when that door opens and Yamar and, and Tyler come walking through Chad's hunt camp and door again or vice versa? When's the next one? Goodbyes do suck. Passion and love and emotions and all that. If you don't have that with what you're doing here and what you do in life, and I mean, you're really just going through the motions. So, yeah, goodbyes suck. Emotions will roll. My hair stands up on my neck every time I see a duck do what a duck does, but it also stands up on my neck when I hear that guitar or I hear that clinking of a toast or I smell that Traeger smoke on the deck knowing that I'm at hunting camp. And I just want to make sure that everybody gets a feeling of this isn't coming out here driving 100 miles or flying 1,500 miles to kill something. That's the smallest part of this deal. There's so much more that goes into it. And I never want to take away the fact that we are hunters and we do kill, but having the full Monty now of being able to take this knife to a pheasant or a duck or an elk and put it on what you guys are building with the Traeger brand and lifestyle, I'm pretty sure that we're onto something. And I think it's evident with people that come into our camps that have never done it. Duck sucks. I won't eat that. I'd rather, I'd rather go deer hunting than duck hunting. And then, whoa, I'm going to do both. And I'm going to cook everything that I kill. So, I mean, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but that's the way that I woke up today of, I don't need to be in the middle of every hunt. I don't need to be in the middle of every story, but I just like to check out what's going on. And I get the feels and the touch points of what people are feeling and, and what they're doing. And I just, maybe I might ask a, a quick little question. Hey, did you have fun today? How'd the gun perform today? What were you thinking today? You know, I give people shit to get them to come at me with something so I can kind of see what this camp is doing to them because I learned a long time ago that everybody needs therapy. You might not need to go lay on a couch and talk to a doctor and have him take notes and then put him into his computer and then diagnose you with something. We're all diagnosed crazy sons of bitches for coming out to hunt camp and going out into the cold and doing what we do in freaking below zero weather. We're all crazy. That ain't no secret. 
It doesn't mean that we're clinical, but the therapy that these duck blinds and these woods provide and these mountains provide, if you don't get a taste of that, then you really don't understand how therapeutic that Mother Nature can be. And I've had veterans that have PTSD that have got their boots back on American soil, and the first thing that they want to do besides see their family and give their wife and kids a hug is get in the duck blind or get in the turkey woods or get on the Elk Mountain in Montana or Utah or Idaho or Nevada. The therapy that we're doing, and now... A guy that works in Manhattan or downtown L.A. or Reno, Nevada or Portland, Oregon or Seattle, Washington can get that same therapy in his backyard through the camaraderie and culture that Traeger's building. And that's how I've seen this whole chemistry come together between hunting and Traeger is that I literally have put it on the top of my checklist of everything because of what it creates at hunting camp. It has it rivals the fire now. And people are going to go, you're crazy. But it truly rivals that fire now. I got a lot of people standing around Traegers now. How did you do that? What rub was that? How long did you marinate that? That's not duck. That's beef tenderloin. You know, call me a liar. You guys see that? You guys got to tell me. You're seeing that, right? Oh, all the time. Every camp, especially when you get somebody like Chad Ward out there, too. I mean, half the time there's more people huddle around the grill asking questions than there is inside at the bar. I mean, everybody wants to see what's going on, how to be a better cook, how did you make it taste so good, and... You know, every, every hunting camp I've been at, it's crazy to see everybody has interest in, in how the food's being prepared. I don't know if you can really hide it from them, though, anymore. It's like you used to have that kind of mindset of like, I'm not giving you my recipe. I want to be the dude that, that, <laughs> that everybody's all excited about about their food, right? You've seen that. You guys have probably felt that. But now you're just like, um, well, I put this rub on this, <laughs> and then I set it on here, and then I open it up after this many minutes, and then I cut it, and now you're eating it. And they're like, really? That's pretty freaking cool. And I've done so many duck recipes on the, the 850 Timberline and the Pro 34, even the Ranger this summer at the lake. I did so much wild game. I did duck fajitas and tacos one night on the Ranger, and people were like, you've got to be kidding me. What are you doing <laughs> to this meat? That thing's a badass little piece of, of equipment right there, but... I don't know how to wrap it up, guys. I just think that I know that you guys got to get on a plane, and it's it's goodbye time, as Blake Shelton sang about in a country song. But Dean told me last night that he got a lot of inspiration, and that's the last word that I want to end on is that in life you need to seek inspiration. It's not always going to find you. And I think that my mindset is when I meet individuals like you two and see how the classiness and your approach and the fun that can be had, but the, the professionalism is still going to be there, but we're going to need to talk about this at a different time because this might not be the right environment. Right now it's all about the hunting camp. You guys have a very strong um, sense of business, and it shows in what you guys are creating at Traeger and what you guys have created with past brands that you've worked with inspiration is everything and no matter how good you are no matter how many times you can say been there done that i think that's the worst mindset to say i've been there done that because i've seen mallard ducks do what you guys saw yesterday thousands of times and i still am jealous that i wasn't there yesterday that's how i look at mallard ducks i'm inspired by hunting and i'm inspired by the individuals that i've met at hunting camp and through my partnerships with companies like traeger if you can't find inspiration in what we just experienced and like Dean found in this camp to go and write songs that aren't going to be tacky, like the buck waked up and I, you know, I, you've heard those hunting songs. He's a, he, he got inspired. He got inspired guys. I'm inspired to leave this hunt camp and make the next one just as good and to be a better businessman and a better father and a better person. And I think that people can say, well, you're looking into it too much, but that's not, man. I get that inspired by the 
experiences that happen within the properties that we just had and that are happening, you know, weekly for until, from now until pretty much February when hunting season's over for us. And then we go into spring turkey and it starts all over again. We get about three weeks off. So it's, and then you got a little bit of summertime off, but the Traegers roll right into that. And there's a lot of inspiration during the summer. So I'm inspired to be better every time that I cook on a Traeger. I want to be as good as Matt Pittman and Chad Ward. I want to be as good a businessman as you guys and Denny. I want to learn. I want to sit in those offices and learn the approaches of where do we go from here? Where do we take Traeger from here? Not me like I'm on the team, but I am in one sense. But I'm inspired to see where you guys take it because it's going to blow my mind to see you guys be able to do something better than you already have. But it's evident in good brands. And we know what brands we're talking about. I mean, Michael Jordan signed with Nike in the mid-'80s. And they still do a billion a year in, in, in Jump Air or whatever, his Airman or Jumpman or whatever his brand is. Their brands are there, and the guys that put that time in like Traeger's doing, they evolve, and they keep kicking ass. So I'm inspired to do it. And if, if you guys have any closing words, I just, you know, this camp was special to me. I, don't, I can't keep you guys very long today, but I just wanted to make sure that we got to sit down. In the, the, by the way, guys, this is Chad Belding with another episode of This Life Ain't For Everybody. I have Yamar yeah, and... Tyler from Traeger right now, and I know that I mess his name up every single time that I say it. Will you please give me the exact say the exact pronunciation of the name? So I have two. I have one, the Swedish one, and then I have the English one. What's so the, the English? Swedish one is Yalmar. Yalmar. But I never use that because that just creates even more confusion. So the <laughs> English pronunciation is Yalmar. Yalmar. So I haven't been too far. No, off. no, no. You've been solid. Um. This life ain't for everybody, and what we just experienced might not be for everybody, and that's not what the gist or the theme is of this podcast. It's more like there's a lot of lifestyles out there that we might not necessarily know about that are living and breathing and waking up and working. I bet you guys didn't know living in downtown Salt Lake Lake City, and you probably do know. That's probably unfair to say because I know, but sometimes I take it for granted. And What about these farmers in this part of America that get up at 3 in the morning and start those combines and don't – I mean, they're going full bore right now because of the late harvest, because of all the rain and snow that they've got. Think about that. In this part of the country, when it's – Three o'clock in the morning, Salt Lake City time, and it's four o'clock here. There's farmers everywhere working. That's a cool. That's a cool thing to think about. That farming is alive and well. We might not see it where we live very much. I, mean, I know that you don't around Utah. You see some. You see mainly ranching around there, though. It's it's pretty cool to know that these different lifestyles are, are moving around every day, and this life ain't for everybody. And that's what I, I wanted to try to get the theme out there is that it doesn't matter what you do. Take the time, take a deep breath, and learn about what other people are doing and how they've gotten to where they've gotten. Because it doesn't matter if you're a scientist or a NASA astronaut. We all put our pants on it the same way, at the same you know, at the the same style and the same direction. And we all got to get put our feet on the ground when we roll out of bed every morning. And that's what this podcast was for is that, hey, don't hate me because I'm a hunter and I'm not going to look down on you because you're not a hunter. Let's all figure out, you know, where the consistency is in the messaging and try to educate people on, hey, you might see it this way, but have you ever thought about this? And that's what this life ain't for everybody was about. And I appreciate what you guys bring to the table. Any closing statements before we head out and talk about that word I just said, saying goodbye? I mean, I can already tell that there's going to be tears in your eyes, Stark. <laughs> always, dude. It's always sad to see you leave. Um, no, man, I just want to thank you. I mean, it's always fun sharing camp with you. You know, we've had some good times over the last couple of years, and I'm sure they're only continue. And say it's one memory and moving on to the next one. I like that. And 
you can't take them for granted though. There's something special in what we have as friends because of these experiences like this. And, um, the next one, it's like, I'm already so excited to start planning it. And where is it going to be? And what are we going to do? And who's going to cook? And what, what, what foods are we going to have there? And what are we going to be hunting? And what are we going to be fishing? And what are we going to be, you know, it's, we've already talked about the March event in Salt Lake City. I can't wait to come in for that. And it's going to be in Park City or Salt Lake City? I'm still figuring that one out. Still figuring it out. Just got to get those dates on your calendar. <laughs> um, I got them. Any last words, my man? Yeah, I think, I mean, in short, it's it's pretty cool because three days ago, like a bunch of people with very different backgrounds got together in a cabin essentially. And like now, what, 72, 96 hours later, we've had really unique experience together. We've shared some food together and I think that's created a, a really unique bond. Like it's, you put two people together in a hunting camp in a very, very short time frame you become really good friends. Like the guy, I'd never really met the guys from Federal before. And like first night we talked a bit, second night talked even more. Like you have some downtime when you're hunting and you like, I feel like I've known them for, for years based on just the time we spent together, the experiences we had and it creates a really unique bond. I agree and you couldn't have said any better. And if you think about the bond that we've had, I want to just make sure that everybody understands that it's not for nothing. It's not that there's a lot of hard work that goes into it, making a camp like this happen. There's a lot of people that we have to thank. And, you know, what Federal did here and in, in getting everybody involved, and I'll end it like that from you guys helped me out, Federal and Benelli and Traeger and Edge Boats and Boss Drives and Realtree and Bandit and Gator Coolers. Um I don't know if I'm, I really want to say a big thank you to Anheuser-Busch for supplying all of the, the cold beers for the camp and everybody at Prairie Sky and Migration X and Lisa and the cooking team from Minnesota that came down as a part of Team Traeger and all of the guides that work their butts off every day, the dogs. Um, it's a, if you don't have all of those boots on the ground and the right puzzle, pieces of that puzzle in place, it's, it's hard to be successful. It's hard to create those memories because you're just always chasing your tail. And to have that team, you know, that same common goal, short-term and long-term goal, we, we pulled something off that was pretty cool when Mother Nature said, you know what, y'all are going to have to work for it because I'm going to drop it from a high of 55 to a high of 15 with a low of negative three. And she did that. And that first day that you guys rolled in here, it got really cold that night and things changed. Water locked up. Birds migrated out. Birds got, the ones that stayed here got really, really um, picky on when they were going to leave the roost and they were hard to pattern and they needed to reserve all of that body energy. So you had to stay on them. You had to scout hard. You had to think outside the box. And we all got to experience some good waterfowl hunts, ducks and geese, good pheasant hunts, good meals, good camaraderie, unbelievable music by Dean James Jr. Thank you so much, Dean and his manager, Ben, good friends of mine from Nashville. And um, I'm just excited about it. This camp was awesome. We couldn't have pulled it off without all of the help of everybody. And I want to do it again. I think we need to start looking at doing it again because I think it means a lot for for somebody like like Dale and Chandler, the winners from Alabama, to have a chance to win a hunt like this. And yeah, they got to come in and do some hunting, but it was the least that was the least of their worries, man. They they just loved. They said we felt like family here. Y'all ate with us. Y'all taught us. You drove with us. We sat together in the blind, and they were naturals. You know, they just loved being together. It was cool to see that father. And son together and it's because of all the hard work of all these partners that we just mentioned before of doing all those little things all year round to make this pop off 
So I appreciate what you guys do and I look forward to the next one. Absolutely. Thanks, man. Yeah, thanks so much for having us. I wouldn't do it without you guys. You guys like those two over there, you know, our camera crew and production crew. I've heard literally, I'm not just saying this, I've heard from at least eight people in the last two days, I've never seen two people work that hard. These guys <laughs> keep going, don't they? Oh, yeah, nonstop. Tyson and Tom. And then they take pictures and video, and it didn't start off too good. Tyson flew one of the drones straight into a telephone pool. I think it got <laughs> kind of lost in the fog. Tom lost the camera lens in the snow, and it was covered in white tape, so he could never find it again until the snow melts. But, yeah, as far as work ethic and bringing together that story and that production part of it, the videos and the photos that these guys just got over the last, what you say, 72, 96 hours, wait until you see the story that comes out of this camp and the memories that were made because these guys are able to lay down a production and then post-production that is second to none, and we take a lot of pride in that. And that's what Traeger sees in us, or else we wouldn't be working together because you guys have to see some kind of engagement and impressions and ROI on the investment you make with us. But it's two-sided because we're going to go about and beyond you guys go above and beyond and we kick ass together correct absolutely is there any songs that you guys want me to sing that you heard dean james sing just so you can hear the real way they're supposed to sound silence the one that came up all the time Request Africa. Africa was Matt. Well, maybe, yeah, maybe Africa would be a good, a good way to wrap it up. I was impressed in the, your songwriting abilities. I, I've written a couple songs with Dean. I wrote Stoked, and he took a line out of Stoked, and he put it into American Proud. So now I'm a songwriter on American Proud. And then he sang my other one last night, Sweet Lou, that I wrote on a plane. And I sent it to him, and then he made some of his changes on it. He wrote a bunch of it, and he's just good, man. I like writing with him, and I love songwriting because really every day in my life is a song, and, and I, I try to write it down and somehow. But, yeah, man, I'm excited. I, the, this camp was awesome, guys. Chad Belding, This Life Ain't For Everybody. New episodes of Season 10 of The Foul Life airing right now on the Outdoor Channel. Please check out TraegerGrills.com, second to none innovative and i'm telling you what if you want to be in that backyard and show off for your friends get a traeger but here's what's going to happen as soon as they taste what you do on your traeger they're going to get a traeger and you're going to have to just accept it this isn't an exclusive deal just for you traegers are available to anybody who wants to become part of the traeger nation the traeger lifestyle new merchandise at the foul life store on the foullife.com we're excited where this podcast is going this life ain't for everybody we hope you're having a great start to the hunting season to all of the veterans out there all of the current members of our united states military thank you so much for what you do on a daily basis keeping us free and able to be in the woods and experiencing this hunting lifestyle tom rashin if you'll do me a favor please play that song that we play every episode leith lofton what you gonna do when the money's all gone thank you guys so much for the support i'm chad belding this has been another episode of this life ain't for everybody